She's like, where did everyone go on summer vacation? And I said, I went to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I said, I went to Russia. And so then the teacher, of course, asked my parents how that was. And they're like, oh no, we didn't go to Russia. But Jackie has a very overactive imagination. Hey, Woo Woo Crew. Hey, I'm Ilana. I'm Jack. And welcome to another episode of The Vicious Fargos. Today, we're going to be talking about North Node, South Node. This is going to be, Jack says, a heavy episode. We've had a lot of those lately. And it's just a heavy day at the moment. So everything sort of makes sense. Oh, so it's just heavy. I'm sure lots yeah. of you are feeling this way right now. We talked about it in our predictions episode and the heaviness. But before we get started, we were going to dive in and talk about our childhood. Because why not? Because it's a heavy it episode. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to be as like boring as you think. So please don't skip over this part. You need to get to know us. If not, what's the point? So going to ask each other a question and go from there. So Jack, what was the number one thing you struggled with when you were younger versus now? Um, I spent a lot of time with like acceptance and like a lot of attention seeking behavior when I was a kid. Uh, I think a lot of that carried over into my 20s as well. But it was just like I, I had a hard time making friends um, I, I mean, I can date it far back as like, I remember my eighth birthday party and it was the first time like my parents had ever let me have like friends for a birthday party. Cause we'd always just done family only. And so my parents set us all up to go to kind of like a family fun center type of thing. Right. Where it was like a play, play place. And I remember Memorial or Labor Day weekend, cause your mom can relate to this. Right. And all of a sudden, everybody started showing up at the house, but they were just showing up to drop off a present. And they're like, sorry, mm-hmm. we have plans for leaving. Sorry, we have plans for leaving. Sorry, we can't stay. We're leaving. Right. And they would just drop off gifts. It literally got to the point where nobody showed up mm-hmm. and I never did it again mm-hmm. because it was so, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt, you know? And then, you know, I switched schools um, when I was in third grade and I remember like we joke about it now, but at the time it hurt so bad because like I wanted to be like, I just wanted to be a new person, right? So I remember uh, our, I had this teacher, Miss Harrington, and she had traveled to every single continent. Like we thought she was so cool. She wrote like a children's book about it actually. And she's like, where did everyone go on summer vacation? And I said, I went to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I said I went to Russia and so then the teacher of course asked my parents how that was and they're like oh no we didn't go to Russia but Jackie has a very overactive imagination I got in so much trouble but then I felt like this this kind of thing just kind of like carried on where I would create these really kind of like elaborate stories um, which I knew were false, but they were just more interesting than my regular life. And so I would tell people all these stories, hoping that they would either think I was interesting or they would accept me or they would want to be my friend. And it always backfired. But for some reason, I just could not break through to who I was as a human being and kind of be vulnerable. I still struggle with vulnerability, but I couldn't be vulnerable enough because I was so afraid of being rejected. Now, I've, I'm still working through some of that. I think I've just gotten to the point where I only have one friend now. It's you. And then actually I was telling my brother this today. I was like, I don't really have all the friends. I have like Ilana and Colin. And um, I think like I have a boyfriend now. So I get to talk to him about stuff. I kind of miss that. Like I think that's it's having another sounding board is nice. But you know, it's 
it's like, okay, so you kind of work through this um, desire to be accepted by people. And then when that doesn't work out, then you just say, fuck it. And then you just kind of create this very loud behavior all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, well, that's not really my cup of tea either. But you do that for a couple of years. And then you try and suppress it. And then if you're like me, you probably drink too much. And then it would come out when you were drinking. And now I think I'm kind of in this spot where I'm just like, you know, like, yeah, it would be nice to have more friends. Like I struggled to get into the relationship to begin with because I'm like, I have work, I have school, I don't have time for that shit. So I think that's kind of where that heals. But I think the number one thing I struggle with now would have to be emotion and vulnerability and being able to open up and not being so afraid of, again, it's a fear of rejection, but it's also like harboring guilt from sharing your feelings with someone Mm -hmm. because you don't like, even though you're hurt, we we had this talk earlier today, right? Where it's like, even though you're hurting, you don't really want to share that with someone because you don't want them to hurt or be like on the defense or whatnot. So it's, there's this very, it's all learning experience, right? We're all learning, we're all growing. And I think that the number one thing to constantly remember is that there's no growth without communication. Mm -hmm. And if you're unable to communicate in your relationships, they're just going to remain exactly where they are, even though you're both growing and then you're going to feel like you're growing away from each other. And that's really just because you're not talking. Yeah. So I don't know. What was the one thing that you struggled when you were a kid versus now? Um, I mean, I had a very different childhood, so mine was constantly moving. So I guess probably escaping all the time. And now I'm like more confrontational and that's an issue for me. Like, I feel like I'm, I just avoided things and now I'm much more like, let's talk about it in a way that I think people can find very uh, I don't know, callous and scary. <laughs> when you so, say, when you say that you like escapism and avoiding things, I tried to run away from home. We've moved oh. a lot. I went out of town. I traveled. I've been to like, you know, 60 countries at this point. Like I'd leave when I was, when I was 16, I went skydiving in Argentina. Like I just, I just didn't care. I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And now I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to leave my house. So that's my short and simple answer. Yeah. Your, your stories are always so much shorter than me. Yeah. What are you but talking about cool. now? Because Colin, how did you, how Colin did you grow from it that? Up anyway. <laughs> but how did you grow from that? Like, what, how did you overcome that? I just, I think I grew up really quickly because I kind of had to, because a lot of things that happened where I had to just like be an adult at a very young age. So I got over my party phase all the time. I was like 17. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And to the point where I was the DD by the, by the age of what 19 in college like I didn't drink in college really or do anything so I think I was like I have to get this all out of my system and be as crazy as possible and do drugs and do all these things and then by the time I was my 20s I was like an old lady like I think that's kind of the way and I was about my career and my career and my career and my career and now I'm just like you know it's like exhausting and I want to have fun again but it's like you I think you just go through phases you go up and down yeah of course so how does that correlate to what you struggle with now well, now I don't want to escape. I want to deal with everything head on. And I think that that can be very overwhelming for people where they're like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, let's talk about it right now, this very second. We need to talk about it immediately. It could be four in the morning. We need to talk about it now. And I think that that's really, I don't want to say it's unhealthy. It's in a lot of ways, I think it is healthy, but it's not always done in the most eloquent way where people will receive it correctly. Okay. That is what happened in a lot of my past relationships. Okay. So what are what steps are you doing in your present, like the thing that you're struggling with now to overcome it? To overcome the new challenge? Yeah. Uh, just taking breaths and trying not to react all the time, going to therapy, 
if I don't exercise for the day, I'm a, like a lunatic. So trying to move my body because I just think everyone needs to move their body. So that's probably, but unfortunately I'm just more aggressive than I was when I was younger. I was much more happy, go lucky and free and like, woo, like whatever. Like now I'm more like, no, I'm a control freak. And I just think that happens sometimes when you get older. It's not an excuse. I just think we become tougher and we, our fears become more vivid. Like we are not, we don't as afraid of things when we're younger. I was not afraid of anything. Now I'm afraid mm-hmm. of everything. <laughs> I was a much more fun person to be honest with you, but I don't really want to be her anymore. Like she was irresponsible and like got into trouble and should have died like several times. So I like, <laughs> I hope <laughs> you remember this when you, when you and I have conversations, you're like, I really just miss how fun she was. I do miss her. She was so much fun. I think anyone that know knew me, I was really fun. Now, I had, I was a gossip and I, I mean, people thought I was mean at many points and I was way too rebellious. So I was like, I don't care about fitting and I'm going to be different than everyone. And now I'm just like, that's so dumb. <laughs> like I just like, but you're also not like trying to like fit in and you're not trying I don't care. I don't to want be friends. out. I don't want friends. It's so much work. Like it I have acquaintances, is. but like, I don't want a ton of friends. Like that's just way too much energy. Like I'm focused on having a baby right now. Like we can talk about it later. Like I don't want to deal with people right now. Friendships do require a lot of effort. Yeah. They and really I don't do. half-ass them as the thing. So I act- like enough effort for one. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, I mean, I have obviously have a lot of friends, but I just, I like to have a few select people that I'm really close with and I know other people I just, and then my family. And I think we're yeah. the same like that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's like you, Colin, uh, my brothers, their wives, my mom, my stepdad, my dog. You're in the same way, your dog. Uh, and then like I have people from like my past who like come in and go out, but it's not, they're not people I see often. They're not people, I mean, there's people that I could be like, oh yeah, we were friends, but I haven't heard from them in like a year, yeah. you know, which is like fine. It is what it is. And you outgrow relationships. You know, that's one of the things that my brother Taylor and I were talking about today is like sometimes, even though it's hard, we have to kind of accept or maybe just acknowledge that some relationships aren't forever and that some are meant to come into our lives and they're meant to leave. Yeah. And we don't know the time frame on it. We don't know the expiration date of the relationship, but what we can do is we can look back and be like, oh, okay, let me appreciate that. Let me realize what that served and let me use what I learned from there to go, you know, to go about the rest of whatever may come to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think you can always learn something regardless of how serious the relationship is with anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, well, this is going to be interesting and enlightening because Jack did the research. I do know a decent amount about this, but not near as much as she's going to share. So it's going to be mostly her talking today. I'm sorry in advance and I will do my best. Did to you just apologize that I'm going to be talking? You're such a brat. <laughs> For those of you that enjoy my voice more than hers. Oh my God. And some of you enjoy her voice more than mine. Okay. So I'm sure that your eyes are probably glossing over at the mention of a North Node, South Node, right? Like nobody really knows what that is. And if you do know, it's because you're pretty well versed in astrology. So what we want to do right now is we're just going to kind of break it down for you and I want to be able to tie it to something. Um, So, you know, like whenever you're learning something new, if you can make a connection to something you already know, makes it easier to understand and a little bit more digestible. So we're going to tie this back to the moon. Okay. So these are called lunar nodes and they're the points in the sky where the moon and the sun cross paths. So this happens like a few times a year and it's what we know as an eclipse. Yay. 
Okay, so these specific nodes are known as the nodes of destiny or the nodes of fate, and they basically dictate some spiritual path that we need to move toward or let go of. And it also explains the type of energy that you're working with. So these lunar nodes help you answer questions like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Why am I here? What's my mission? And what was I in a past life? And if you know your north node, you'll Automat- this is just like the Descendant episode. You'll automatically know your South Node. They're opposing signs. Remember that from the Aspects episode, we talked about oppositions. There you go. Opposition equals polar opposite. So also known as the nodal axis. Your North Node is all about this life, the one you're currently present in. And your South Node tells the story of your past life. And since the past kind of dictates your future, then you basically have to embrace your karmic lessons. Did you know also that if you know your nodes, you can also make predictions on what's going to happen during an eclipse? Because that's a thing. Based on your natal charts, nodes, and your solar chart, you can figure this out. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I love making predictions. I think that's so cool. And the more that we learn, I think the easier it is for us to kind of finally start to digest what predictive astrology really looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So to break this down just a little bit further, since... Your node sub destiny is all about kind of, you know, what you're, what you're moving into, right? This is your North node. It can feel a little daunting. Um, for some of us, it's scary. It's a journey into the unknown and it illuminates the terrain that's calling your name. Even if that terrain is actually like Mount Everest, cause that's exactly what it's going to feel like. It's going to feel like this in huge mountain that is insurmountable. You know, when you're like looking down at the bottom of a hill and you're like, oh God, I have to get all the way up there. Right. And then you're like, oh, I did it. Yay. That's kind of what it's like. So basically you've been given this opportunity to reinvent yourself and become the person that you've always wanted. Yes. It's cheesy. We know. So here's the deal. You can actually use the energy from your North node to help create and transform your present world. But don't worry, we'll explain how you can kind of manifest that energy when we dive into the specifics. Also, there's something fun to note here. (laughs) If you're trying to figure out what success means to you, your North node might also hold the answer. Cool. Now, your South node knows all the places all the emotions, all the relationships, and all that energy that's been a part of your past lives. And it's called karmic energy that we keep trying to move out of or release. It reveals all the gifts that you bring with you to this current lifetime and your sweet spot, so that comfort zone. So if you ever get the feeling of deja vu, that's usually your south node energy. And it's showing you the patterns and ways of thinking or feeling that you may be bringing into your current life path. It's important to pay attention though, These may not be things that are actually happening in real life, but these are things that you're supposed to be moving on from. Mm. So we all know that we're human. So we make the same mistakes over and over and over again until we eventually learn. But knowing the possible patterns and setting your south node helps make you a little bit more consciously aware of what you're doing. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So the entire purpose of this specific episode, though, is to help you kind of discover like all the beautiful and empowering qualities that you should work on adopting, and they'll push you out of that comfort zone and finally allow your North Node to lead the way. Embracing this will help you fulfill your greatest potential. And I love that. I love that there's like this opportunity to learn. And if we can really kind of like, I guess, digest and acknowledge and learn and listen and be receptive and humble, we have everything right in front of us. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the ascendant and descendant. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I would just consider this to be more of like a roadmap to success and like buried treasures within your North Node. And usually you'll find yourself resisting growth, especially the first 
30 years of your life, which is why Elon and I talked about things that we struggle with when we were younger versus what we're doing now. And this is mostly because we struggle to see that letting go of some of our obsessions and working on that polarity will actually bring about the satisfaction to the south node areas. Okay. So remember past life. Then you've got your north node, which is all about that challenge and growth. And we usually need some help with these issues. And we'll usually meet people who can help us confront these issues. That's powerful. Well, something important to note here is that not only the sign your north nodes are in, but also the house. So the house position of your north node is going to show you the context for your challenges, while the sign position reveals the qualities you need to develop. And another fun note, the Jack couple, people born within your same lunar node group are like your soul tribe because you are incarnated with them to learn the same lessons. That's cool. My husband and I are the same. And if you want to find your north node, you can use a calculator like on Cafe Astrology. Astrolab also outlines your north node. So you're going to know what your south node is from that. You know, usually the opposite, like the descendant and the south node, they're not necessarily on your chart, but you can find them quite easily. Just yes. six signs apart. So definitely look them up, know them. I don't think you need to know the exact time you were born. I think you just need to know the year and the day for that. Cause yeah. Yeah. So just look that up, make sure you have it handy for this episode or, or look at it after. So now Jack is going to go over. I'm excited to learn about all the different North nodes, which are obviously the same as the Zodiac sign. So please don't be confused. Look yours up. And then she's going to tell you what your South node is going to be. And that's going to really provide insight. I'm excited to learn. I don't know a lot about this. I just know a little bit. And something that I did think was interesting that we didn't really talk about is that one thing I learned about this particular, what do you want? Is it an aspect at this point? Is the North node an aspect? No, we can just call it like a astral phenomenon. I don't know. I learned that it often shows you the people that you're like you surround yourself with. So similar to the descendant or the descendant, whatever, but in a way that they're supposed to help you create your destiny, essentially, like help you, you know, get there. Yeah. Which I absolutely want you to look up and tell them when I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because I did not look that up. That's like a, I think that's like a, an unknown fact kind of thing. It's not like a common thing. Like it's not the thing we have to review today. I just thought it was fascinating. So anyways, diving in and we're going to start. She didn't do them in order. She did them in order. So we're going to start with Aries. So if your North Node is in Libra, just kidding. <laughs> it's backwards. And your South Node is in Aries, right? Oppositions. So you've probably spent a lifetime like as a free agent. You're moving through your lives kind of independently of anyone. So this is a time that you kind of need to learn how to play well with others. Sharing compromise diplomacy, that's your Libra North node, and that's guiding you to experiences that are going to teach you about these traits. So you're here to learn lessons about commitment, relationships, and partnering. That Aries South node that you've been dealing with for your entire like existence has you well, it's essentially curated you to be this natural leader. And you take a lot of pride in being independent, but you really, really need to refine and kind of reel in some of those natural tendencies to be more diplomatic in your communication style. You're swarmed by questions concerning whether or not you're worthy of connection. You wonder why anyone wants to be your friend. This anxiety can show up at work, within friendships, and pretty much anything else. No matter what scenario you're given, you expect to lose. And you're constantly prepared at all times to kind of like lose your relationships, your job, even your joy. And so you try and find ways to protect yourself from this loss. And, you know, the the struggle I think that you really have to overcome is the fact that 
for some reason, you think that you're better off never having anything in the first place. And it's easier for you to protect yourself if you never fall in love, if you don't apply for that dream job. Like these are all ways that you kind of, I guess it's like loss prevention, right? Risk management. Yeah. Which totally makes sense for these two. Right. Totally. So you, you'd probably kind of feel like life is perfect if you were on an island. You have this lone wolf mentality and you're constantly working to fortify yourself so you never need to rely on anyone for anything, at least like not things that are important. And try as you might, loneliness does creep up. It's shitty. We've, we all know what loneliness feels like, right? But the sad thing, and, and this is like the part that makes me want to give you a hug, is that you've been taught to expect loneliness as something that's normal and never goes away. Isn't that sad? Yeah. This one's tough, man. Dude, they're all like this. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like, great. This is why I said this episode's heavy. Like it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, which is why I want you to come and be like, these are the people you should hang out with. Cause I'm like, I think this episode needs that. I'm always trying to find the positives. Right. So the idea of being accepted is really scary to you because it's not within your control and you just really hate not being in control and rejection is paralyzing. You would describe rejection as a descriptor of who you are instead of something that happened, which leads you to internalize the decisions that other people make because you review that as a reflection of who you are. So all of a sudden it becomes this like, um, Ilana and I, we, we, I struggle with this kind of stuff, right? Like if I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, I failed. And she's like, why are you calling yourself a failure? And I was like, because I failed. She's you like, say I'm a failure. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> no. I do. That's the word I drop, yeah, yeah. right? But I connect with this because my... My north node is in Aries. Yeah, right? it's, so it's, there's some similarities. There are some similarities here. So people kind of often forget how romantic you are. Remember, there's that Libra there. So you dream of utopias. Um, you like taking solo trips and you'll kind of do anything and everything for your friends. There's a lot of romanticism, which is masochistic for you, though. And it has a lot to do with this weird love affair that you have with loneliness and alienation, representing a lot of toughness and pain all at once. But there's good news. So you're going to heal and grow. <laughs> time, Jackie. Right? You're going to heal and grow through that romance. You're romantically and platonically in love with your friends. And this romance isn't eternally durable, but it's also something that needs a lot of protection. And you think that you have a hard time trusting people, but really the struggle and the thing that you have to learn here is how to trust yourself. Healing and growth for you is really just about realizing that loneliness is not some bottomless pit that's going to swallow you, but it's about showing yourself that you're capable of honoring your integrity while meeting the needs that your loneliness reveals. Heavy, right? Yeah. So you'll finally heal when you admit that sometimes lonely and that loneliness is a feel, not a normal. It helps you integrate your needs into your identity. And you heal when you learn that loneliness is not some dangerous emotion. It's not always necessarily, or it's not always necessary to greet danger by making yourself more disposable. And you'll heal when you realize that you're actually worthy of protection. You're more precious than you initially feel ready for. Interesting. This is a cool one. I... I'm trying to interpret this here. I think the people that I would surround myself with if I were this, and this is something that affected me, at first I was thinking people that I could be really close with, but I actually think you need to be with people that kind of like you and I, where they're not necessarily don't have a ton of friends, but they have a select few that they really put effort into. Because if you just surround yourself with a lot of people, you're not going to trust anyone and you're going to be let down a lot because you're holding everyone to this very high standard of what you think they need to be, which is kind of what you said. So I think that 
you're naturally wanting to be around a ton of people, but actually taking this time to be on your own is very healthy and cathartic for you, which totally makes sense when you have Libra and Aries because they tend to both be quite outgoing, but they also both need a lot of time by themselves. People don't think about that when they think about these two signs, but in my I mean, from what I can understand, just having them in my life, they like when they're hurting, they need space to process before they have you come over and take care of them. Yeah. Then they want a ton of attention, but it need they need time to, it's not like, it's not like, ugh, I don't even know what signs are Leo or hmm, who else? Uh, I don't know, whatever. It's not like Leo who would be like, come over now. I right. think that a, a Libra sometimes needs time to just unwind and unpack everything. And Aries too, they can go into really deep isolation. That's why I feel like they need a friend that's, I don't want to say tough on them, but it's just like sticks it out. Like almost, even though this isn't necessarily going to seem compatible to everyone, but I'm thinking like an earth or a water sign that just has a lot of longevity who will stick it out, be tough. And doesn't necessarily, yes. And he doesn't necessarily have a ton of friends because that's not necessarily the number one thing that they're focused. It's not their priority. Well, not only that, but I think that partnering with someone like that will help you realize there's a difference between a disagreement and rejection. Absolutely. There's like a very calm energy that kind of goes over you when you just don't think someone's going to leave. Like it's just like contentment. contentment. Yeah. We're just like, I know they're not going to leave. And I'm not saying you should take people for granted, but there's a contentment there. So I think that when you have a friend that's very, you know, they can weather, weather a lot of storms like a Taurus. I think that you feel less rejected and you're just like, this is a scuff. It's not a stab. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I love the fact that it's all about embracing what you learn about yourself in those moments of loneliness though. Yeah. Because I mean, for me, the thing, like I've learned that there is a big difference between being alone and being lonely, right? Because lonely is a feeling and alone is a place. So it's for, for me, like the way that I view it is that's when the magic really happens for us because that's when we realize, oh, this, this makes a lot of sense. This is what I need out of relationships. This is what I need to do to take care of myself. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I've, I've loved being alone since I was a kid. So <laughs> I've never needed a lot of people around me. So I think a little bit different, but yeah, but that's also, that's also a rising sign thing. Mm. Absolutely. And descendant yeah. thing. Moving on. Okay, so then we've got your Scorpio North Node and your Taurus South Node. So you kind of need to work on embracing what could be instead of trying to fix what is. I have this problem. You have this problem. Everyone we know has this problem. So you've already spent lifetimes kind of steeped in this material world as a hardworking and really practical person. So in this lifetime, indulgence is likely to be your downfall. Remember, South Node is all about like that sweet spot, that comfort zone. So you're like, I want all the food. I want all the velvet. I want all the luxuries. Give me all the pedicures. You spend all the money. Okay. And you're likely to inherit money. Maybe you marry into it, or maybe you have some experiences of being financially ported in some way. And yeah, that's nice, but that also makes you feel controlled. Your purpose here right now is to release any attachments to things and be more magical. I know. We love that word, don't we? We use that word to describe Pisces. You need to have some mystical experiences and stop being so fucking practical. You probably felt like you have a lot of responsibilities at home and this like obligation towards your family where you have to be in a position where you feel like you need to give back to your family. You feel like you have to be able to handle everything all by yourself, that no one wants to hear about your shit, and any of those struggles that they had, they're yours and yours alone. You will never ask for help and you are super private. Ilana's looking at me like, I know people like this. 
She's rolling her eyes. It's like half my family. <laughs> you so annoying. Well, you're gonna love this too. You hate grunt work, <laughs> and you've been put in this position so many times that now you're afraid that your worth isn't being validated outside of it because you keep finding yourself doing it over and over again, and you end up growing resentful and angry because you feel invisible. Yet. When you go to try something new and you don't do it right the first time, then you're unworthy of doing anything at all. It's this very vicious cycle for you. And it's really hard for you to show your vulnerability, but it's even harder for you to hold on to relationships once that vulnerability has been shown. So you want, whenever someone really kind of like either, actually, I don't think it's when someone shows you who they are. It's when you show someone who you are that you then want to run away and start over. You're also afraid that your anger might alienate you from other people and there was this beautiful little thing that I learned, which is that your rage is bottomless. <laughs> it's like Taurus, right? <laughs> so you're constantly seeking insider information and you use this because you find that it represents power and collecting information about people makes you powerful because you can use this to manipulate others. Your fear of change is kind of directly related to this fear of loss that you have. And of course, what makes you grow is challenging your assumption of loss and understanding that someone else's abundance does not take away from your own. This is a lesson in comparison. Your mission here, how you're going to learn and grow though, is that you have to change with other people and you heal once you finally steward some resources with others and you have to learn how to say no to specific like duties that don't lean towards change. Hmm. What do you think? I think this one's, this one is so quintessential Scorpio and Taurus. Cause like people don't think of Taurus as a rageful one, but I do. Cause when you get on their bad side, they go red and it's really scary like a bull. But I think this one is the one that really deals with like going inward and not then you're upset and you play victim, but no one knows why, because you're not being direct about why you're upset, which is like, so quintessential Taurus and Scorpio. Oh my God. It's like their whole thing. So I do think it would be helpful to surround yourself with people that kind of, I mean, I'm thinking like an earth or a fire sign that's, or even an air sign. That's just like, no, we're talking about this. Like I would think more so like Gemini or, uh, let's see, Gemini, Leo, just someone with a very, like, we're talking about this now, like who can actually just like pull information out of you. I'm not saying they should be like abusive and rude, but they can definitely just be forceful about we're talking about this. I mean, that can be really cathartic to have friends like that and to surround yourself with people like that. And if you're somebody that goes inward a lot and then you're upset, you feel like people need to read you, that's nearly impossible. So it's important to have people that can read you, read your body language and can hold you accountable and get you out of your rut. Because sometimes I think you don't know how to do it yourself. Oh, absolutely. Therapy also might not be a terrible idea. Therapy is always a positive idea. <laughs> I feel like we haven't said this in a while. Therapy journal, like mindfulness. The only, the only one that I don't really refer to do therapy is Gemini because I feel like Gemini is just going to somehow walk in there and walk out and be like, that was fun. And you're like, what did you talk about? Nothing of significance. Well, we talked about this on our healing and heartbreak episode, which is where it was like, if Gemini can stop trying to entertain and outwit their therapist, then they'll be fine. But you have to be like, you have to humble yourself to do therapy. So if you have a Sagittarian North Node, then you have a Gemini South Node, and you're likely to feel really comfortable in a close community where you're well-known. Traveling used to make you a little nervous, because remember, we're talking about Gemini South Node, past life, okay? Not the Sagittarius who's like, you know, wants to be alone and go live in the woods in, I don't know, Tibet. So traveling probably makes you a little nervous, and especially when you were a kid. 
But once you learn to embrace the wider world, then obviously you're going to go through like a massive spiritual growth. You are all about escaping your comfort zone and moving away from home. You're constantly seeking towards wisdom and you're probably someone who consistently is like seeking out or interested in some type of academia or higher learning. Your purpose though has you moving further away from that challenging Gemini theme like gossip or paying too much attention to the little things and also your inability to filter your thoughts and have distracted energy. Nobody's going to disagree that that's very Gemini. (laughs) No. You're likely kind of indecisive and unsure, and you try a little too hard to emulate instead of create. You can be critical of things without the experience to back it up, and you have this fear of being wrong and wronged. So you feel like you have to work proving to others something as simple as your existence. I know. I know. I like, I was sitting here last night at like midnight writing this and I was like, this is sad. It requires a lot of mental maneuvering to kind of exist when you feel and that your existence is a lie. You end up fictionalizing, maybe cosplaying. um, I believe they call this imposter syndrome, right? You're closing yourself off until it's really just you and three people on the internet. Secretiveness creates a temporary security But then you've learned kind of to gloss over things and then how to keep things on a back burner and how to spin true emotions so it lands differently based on who you're speaking to. And you're not inherently dishonest. You're just kind of afraid that a confrontation will break a relationship. This is a very youthful thing to believe. You have to learn that you can't control someone else's reaction and you can't avoid conflict either by minimizing yourself in a relationship because real relationships involve you the real you, not this carefully curated version of yourself. And you hate being preached to. So having someone tell you who you are, what you're made of, you just, you hate that. You can't handle that, right? You're not opposed to learning. You love learning. You just don't want someone to teach you. And they want to teach you if like you're right and you don't want someone to teach you about stuff you don't know about. Like you're just going to go do it by yourself. Like you don't care. All that shit makes your skin crawl. So let's talk about healing and growth. So Orientation is the number one word when we think about healing and growth with this set. So when you communicate from this place of helplessness, you're constantly orienting yourself to power because remember, you're finding your worthiness within hopelessness and it's all connected. So when you orient yourself to power, then what you're doing is defining yourself from a place of loss, telling yourself that you're not enough. So stop orienting yourself and start looking at things from a place of curiosity. You will create new knowledge with those who understand instead of attempting to force those who will never listen. This is why relationships matter though, because you will thrive when you're able to choose your relationships and when you consent to those relationships. So you know how we always talk about Sagittarius being like a cult leader? Mm -hmm. This is why this is important. (laughs) Okay. So when you learn how to build this relationship with integrity, you're able to kind of figure out what honesty looks like for you. I found this very interesting because it's not about a stream of consciousness. It's not about saying impactful things all the time. And it's not about speech. You each have a different definition of what honesty looks like for you, but it's only something that you're able to explore it when you feel safe. So this had me thinking, right? Because we look at honesty as such a blanket term, right? Where it's like, okay, well, that's true. That's a lie. And honesty is the truth. But we all know that there's three sides to every story, right? There's 
there's your side, my side, and what actually happened. And so I feel like this kind of like muddies in there. Mm. What do you think? I mean, this is definitely someone that wants to learn new things, but doesn't have the courage to share what they know. So I think that they need to embrace like their expansive knowledge and wisdom essentially. So I think that if they're around people that they can teach or guide or lead, that's going to be helpful. I'm not saying to have a cult. I'm just saying to have impressionable people in your life that are willing to listen to you talk about something that the new thing that you learned that day, whether it's a new cultural fact or it's something that you read in a book. I think that's going to help you feel like you can grow and use yourself to the best of your ability. Like you just want to sh- have to get courage to express yourself in terms of your knowledge. Cause I think you struggle a little bit with intellectualism. So that's something I think that you need to work on if this is your pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you have a Capricorn North node, then you have a cancer South node. You've had a lot of lifetimes. Now, we're not talking about genders, okay? This is all about energy. But you've had a lot of lifetimes in kind of the feminine realm as caretakers, mothers, wives, dependents. And in this lifetime, you have to explore this new world of self-sufficiency. So you're all about kind of living for that like good job affirmation. And you're likely to get plenty of them because your Capricorn North Node is here to achieve but you also kind of want to be recognized for it. Like you love those gold stars. Your yeah. purpose, exactly, right? Name someone who loves gold stars more than a Capricorn. And they like pretend that they don't. And they're like, I don't need the, you know, approval. And I'm like, oh my God. You're like so annoying and a liar. Yes, you, you do. do. You want all the accolades. You have like the shelf at home with all your accolades from freaking elementary school. That's a Capricorn. 100%. Yeah, they keep them all. Taurus too. 100%. Virgo's like, this means nothing to me anymore. Well, and also- <laughs> I'm not good enough anymore. Dude, well, no, what I love about Virgo is like, it's clutter. Goodbye. Yeah. Capricorn's like, like, but it means something because it's an award. And Taurus is like, it looks pretty. I know, right? <laughs> I got this when I was 12, walking into a 7-Eleven. Look like, how shiny it is. Yeah. Like, geez. My daddy said it's actually real gold. Uh, Leo <laughs> like, definitely has an accolade wall. Of, oh. Like weird awards too. Like just some weird stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Good idea for an episode. Like the signs, weird habits. <gasps> Well, remember when we tried to do, you know what we should, well, you write it down. So your purpose has you establishing goals and working towards them. You're achieving a better work-life balance. Your inclinations have you more, mm, let's just say you tend to prioritize taking care of others, but you're the one who needs taking care of, but it has to be done by yourself. So you were born feeling like you have to solve or take responsibility for your family, maybe your parents' feelings, and you feel like if you could just predict what other people were feeling all the time, then you could finally figure out how to feel safe. You're afraid that if you are unable to guess correctly what another person is feeling or predict their responses, then you get in trouble. And you're constantly trying to avoid guilt by becoming exactly what other people need at any given moment sounds exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you avoid these emotions by borrowing the emotions of another person. So you borrow because being together in a feeling is safer than being alone in one. And you feel most secure when you're needed. And you want to be needed because this means you won't be excluded. I want everyone to know this is not my North and South node. So you feel 
like when you drop the ball that you have to explain your entire trauma history and then you over explain sometimes inappropriately just hoping that you can get someone to understand you and you'll be safe so like let's say you show up late for a job interview and then you're like oh my god but my grandma died and then I was like crying this morning and then like I was driving to work but then I was like crying so much that I had to like pull over and then I saw this person that was like running naked down on the street and I was like they must need help they need clothes so then I pulled over and I had a blanket in my car so I had to give them this blanket and then like that's you like you're over explaining yourself and you're just hoping someone gets it. You're hoping someone understands because that will help you feel safe. You probably grew up pushing against the rules of your family. You probably felt misunderstood or you felt like you had to anticipate the needs of some very overly restrictive or authoritarian parents. Whatever it was, you have always been learning how to anticipate, push against, and avoid. And you're most afraid of letting down the people who need you the most. You're afraid of disappointing others. This you are concerned of will lead to your eventual abandonment. And when you feel safe, you have this like rebelliousness, this tenacity. You do have that, you know, Capricorn role driven shit that everyone rolls their eyes to, but you know, that's fine. Whatever. Let's let you have that because whatever, but just try not to be as controlling as you want to be, right? when you finally kind of break free or when you finally find that freedom that your child self has been looking for so desperately. Safety is not something that is given to you. There is no savior coming for you. There is no partner. There is no job. There is nothing that can guarantee security. There is no safety in codependency. Safety is a construct, which means it has to be built. So you have to learn how to build your own safety. And you're very, very good at living in the same reality as other people at gathering people. And you have this skill because you're able to convince other people that safety is possible if we just all believe in it at the same time. It's so cheesy, isn't it? Interesting. I mean, this is obviously the person that wants to achieve things, but puts everyone else before themselves. They prioritize them. So Mm -hmm. that's fun. So they obviously are here to establish goals and to work and to achieve things and they need to find work-life balance. So my recommendation would be to surround yourself with people that don't put necessarily, like, how to put this, independent people that don't necessarily need you to put them first. Like, don't surround yourself with needy people, essentially. These are people that I think need to be around self-sufficiency so they can kind of be inspired to do their own things. Maybe people that encourage them. And I'm not saying that, like, people shouldn't hang out with needy people in general because needy is also a bad word. But there are people I think that like to be led and there are people that want to lead. And I think you should be around people that want to lead. Yeah. And that will help you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll teach you that like those people weren't abandoned by others. Mm -hmm. So if you just embrace your own, then you'll be fine. Then we've got the Aquarius North Node and South Node in Leo. Did I stutter? My Chiron's coming out. Um, (laughs) Listen to the episode if you don't know what that means. God, yeah. Um, So you were born thinking that the world revolves around you. No one is surprised here. So during this life path, you need to learn some humility. But don't worry. It's not at the expense of your smoldering inner fire and your beautiful stage presence. Okay, like we're not going to cut you down that much. But you do need to learn how to use your theatrics for the betterment because aqua, humanitarian. And since you're the socially conscious activist who wants to leave the world better than you found it, you're such a humanitarian. And the more focus you put on ways that you can make contributions towards the greater good, the more aligned you'll actually be with your destiny. So you tried really, really hard to be a good kid, hoping that if you were just good enough, you would feel safe. You did all the extracurriculars to try and impress your teachers and parents, thinking that if you could just prove that you were talented, you would find 
the affirmation you're looking for. Or maybe you were the perfect older sibling that always had their shit together because you assumed that your parents wouldn't love you if you weren't a good enough role model for your younger siblings. So I'm going to interrupt you because I found it a wonderful allegory for what you're talking about. Ooh, share. Good word, by the way. Thank you. So here we go. So this is from Love to Know. In Mark Twain's tale, The Prince and the Pauper, we know this story, Edward, the young Prince of Wales, trades places with Tom Canty, a pauper. After many adventures, matters are set right and Edward resumes his royal position, but he never forgets the life he experiences Tom. As King Edward V is a merciful ruler who understands his people's struggles, is concerned about their welfare, and is much loved and respected, this well-known classic could be an, an allegory for North Node and Aquarius. So it's basically what you just said, but you know. I have a goosebumps. More poetic, I suppose. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Okay, okay, good. So... Maybe you kind of dreamed of starting your own business just because you wanted to gather all the wealth because you thought that if you appeared successful and had everything, you would finally win the hearts of those closest to you. Your Leo South node in the case or is the case of the wandering heart. You are really big hearted, but you're also afraid that you'll be overlooked if you're anything less than exceptional. I feel like this is just a Virgo. It's a story of a Virgo too. Yeah, I was like, I can relate to this so much. Right. So you can't succeed your way out of oppression. You're probably exceptional. You're probably super impressive. You're probably very successful, but you're used to wearing this burden of success and you feel really heavy because your ideas around success and familial expectations around you, which were probably inherited from your parents, and are usually often responses to traumatic encounters that you can't change. So look at the trauma that your parents went through, and then they are incidentally placing that on you as well. You need a fuckload of time to heal and grow. And you need to start by realizing that you're just a normal person and that you've always been normal. You don't have to be golden, brilliant, and shiny to be loved. You probably felt like you didn't have time or you weren't allowed to have that stereotypical teenage rebellion, but you got to forgive yourself. It's okay if as a teenager, you weren't working on every talent all hours of the day and that maybe you were just happy to be alive and keeping it together. This is where your Aqua North Node finds its healing. You don't have to be exceptional. You don't have to be Superman and you don't have to grow into your childhood superhero. You just kind of have to stay alive. Survival is an art form. You're probably going to piss some people off along the way, right? Your Leo South Node knows how to make others happy and how to handle the burden of joy. But your whole purpose right now is to give less fucks. So staying alive is actually probably one of the most hopeful things that anyone can aspire to do because it's not about solving things in the moment all at once, but about knowing that commitment to life itself means welcoming the potential for change. Very cool. I know, right? I think that this is someone that needs to make their own rules. They need to be revolutionary, be original. They can't be afraid of it. I think even in relationships, anything kind of goes with this person so they need to be sort of like a rule breaker, an innovator. I just think they need to make sure that they play fair with everyone involved. So looking for people that are sort of open to that is a good idea. I mean, I they just need to be around people that are very open-minded. They're open to new experiences that aren't so Capricorn and Taurus. <laughs> and I guess exciting would be the right word. And I think if they surround themselves with people like that, it will help them to achieve their destiny. And they'll also be really encouraging and they won't scoff at their impracticality of their ideas because they're probably not very practical. But that doesn't mean it's not going to get done because I'm sorry, Aquarians have changed the world on many an occasion. They're always there going out for the greater good. They're also 
almost always people who con people out of money and yes anyway but <laughs> oh okay. are there uh <laughs> this is still a cool one so i like this one okay so the whole reason why i expanded upon these is coming in now okay so the one that we're going about to go over is the pisces north node and the virgo south node this is ilana and collins mm-hmm. and as i was doing the research on this i was like oh shit so then i expanded on everyone else You're all about having mystical experiences. And we know that your Virgo South Node makes it really hard for you to understand what those are because there is that rational mind in the back of things. So your South Node is all about needing to earn everything, even things that are impossible to earn, like love, trust, and desire. I'm just going to (laughs) pause. I'm just going to... Okay. Try to embrace the unknown. You need to kind of drop your perfectionism. You worry and you have a shitload of anxiety. You have such a critical inner voice that you actually use as a defense mechanism. So you use that protect yourself because you know that you're harder on yourself than anyone could possibly be. So it creates this shield. You're probably a mess. You have a million things going on and you constantly feel like you're navigating some kind of drama or you just sticking to a basic routine is really hard for you. Yeah. Right. Like you want it, you know, it's there, you know what you have to do. It's just shit gets in the way. Right. Boring. (laughs) You've probably inherited a specific type of work or at least your mentality around work from a family member. And you've kind of cultivated this laid back personality, which, which is honestly just because you're constantly scrambling to be where your friends need you by hiding what you actually need And by being constantly available to everyone, you believe that there's more safety in being useful and you're concerned with what you can do instead of being constantly available, what that's going to do to you, right? We all know if you make yourself constantly available for someone, they're going to take advantage of it and you're going to burn, right? You get really angry at people who are privileged enough to take a day off. You're likely to get angry at other people's boundaries and other people's limits. You don't understand why they can't do what you do. You do not think that there's safety in having limits and you believe that safety is something that is earned and only earned once you've pushed past your limits. Yes. The struggle here is that a Pisces North Node represents all of the things that can't be earned. Beauty, whimsicalness, romance, self-acceptance. You're always working to improve what you seek to heal and you cannot heal with willpower, criticism, and strategy. You are terrified of your pain and you tell yourself it doesn't exist that it is useless, unimportant, that life can go on without recognizing this hurt. And you tell yourself you're not afraid of this pain and that you just simply don't have time for it. Your purpose is to learn about forgiveness. She's rolling your eyes because we've had so many discussions about this, but not just in others, but also in yourself. Forgiveness cannot be earned. It's about understanding that not everyone will change and it's okay. It's not about excusing the pain that you experience. It's just about understanding the permanency of that pain and that pain is inevitable. This is what scares you because forgiveness cannot be controlled. Thank you for the lecture. It's not a lecture. I'm just kidding. Uh, But do you feel a little seen? Oh, yeah. And I feel like my husband probably feels seen, too, because we're very similar in this way. And I think it's about achievement, defining your your worth. And that's how we were raised is that you just have to keep going. You either work until you're dead or you take care of everyone possible because that will make you feel valuable. Those are the two roads. And definitely, I think we both dive into both of those. 
But what I was reading about when I read about this like a long time ago was that we're very attracted to people that need help. So people that maybe have addictions, people that are lost, people that we have to take care of because it makes us feel like, oh, I have something I can focus on. That's not myself. I don't have to deal with things. Unfortunately, that can be a little problematic because then you start to neglect yourself and feel taken for granted when people are like that all the time. So you have to find, I think, balanced people that are very self-aware who can express their feelings or at least are open to criticism and change who aren't necessarily the Leo type, (laughs) aren't necessarily the Taurus people that are like, I really want to be better. Like water signs and, and Virgos I think are good. So I like that people with the same North node are a soul tribe makes me feel really, I don't know, good about my relationship, I guess. Cause it means that we under, we also have the same Chiron. So I think we understand our hurt and our pain and our struggles on a, on a very deep level, which is like good and bad. It's like trauma bonding kind of. Well, I mean, <laughs> you have to figure out how you're going to heal separately and yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think it's kind of nice to have that bond with someone. It just, you know, can be a little difficult sometimes because you're both struggling at the same time and pointing out the, like I said, there's two opposing things here. One is I need to over overly take care of myself so I can be functional. And the other one is I need to take care of everyone else. And I definitely know which side I fall on and what side he falls on. And it flips sometimes. But I think that, you know, you have to work on that with yeah. this one. I think the part that kind of, there were three parts about this that hit me the most where I was like, oh, fuck Ilana, was mm-hmm. this idea that everything must be earned, even things that I are heard, intangible. Yes. I think everything must be earned, even yep. food. <laughs> Um, such a weird it's it's straight you and I have conversations about this all the time where I'm like Ilana no uh <laughs> inheriting your work mentality from a family member right yeah and then the other thing was this um that your purpose here in the present is to learn about forgiveness mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay and then of course the one where it talks about pain where it's like everyone just expects you to keep going even and so you're like well I guess I have to keep going right yep so that's that's my life motto just so, keep swimming. The next one is mine. That, and it's yours too. If you have an Aries North Node and a Libra South Node. Mm. So you're most likely someone who has spent many lifetimes mastering relationships. And in your previous life, you were probably married or you worked in close partnerships. And you're coming into this life with really strong interpersonal skills and naturally seeking synergies. If you do have this nodal access you'll need to work on balancing your own self-care with caring for others. When you find yourself focusing on yourself and becoming more comfortable with being independent, then you are following your North Node. You've already mastered relationships, so now you need to master individuation. This might feel or look like you're destined to be single, but in actuality, it means your life purpose is rooted in an independent adventure that allows you to take the wheel. You anticipate judgment, There were possibly a lot of issues with siblings competing for parents' attention. Hmm. And no matter how hard you tried, no one was ever available for you. All you want is to just feel accepted. You've spent so much time feeling like you're not normal. You feel unprotected. You can find yourself searching the world for someone to save you. You struggle with imposter syndrome. And no amount of social validation will ever heal your Libra South Node. You are absolutely terrified of being alone. It becomes an obsession and you obsess over things because you're an artist and you're into really weird shit that no one ever thinks about. Think like end of the world and maybe shipping routes, whatever. It's funny because it's true. 
Your purpose here, so this is where you heal and grow, is to figure out when to fight and when to walk away. You attract people who have very different opinions than yourself, and these are people who are willing to fight you. Huh. Interesting. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You need, I mean, to me, it's super obvious. You need a very strong people around you that are not afraid to get in there, like to talk, like, like we talk about Taurus, Capricorn, fire signs, maybe air signs, although they can be quite avoidant. Water signs I think are more challenging, but just people that are going to really push you to talk about things and do things and not worry about upsetting you. That's probably what I'm, from what you're saying. Uh, I think that you struggle a lot with, I don't know, just not feeling worthy which is something all of the nodes probably struggle with, but that's something that I think you'll, you'll find a lot of worth in, uh, what is it like competition? And I, I think that's interesting and unique compared to some of the other ones. That's at Aries though. I mean, there's always competition with Aries. There's always competition with fire signs. So it's a neat one. I like it. It's cool. Who am I supposed to hang out with? People that challenge you and push you. Okay. You want to know what I stuck on when I did this? What? You've mastered relationships. So now you need to master individuation, which might look or feel like you're destined to be single. How many times have I told you? I think I'm just going to be alone. <laughs> I mean, I think what they're saying is like once you can be in a really good relationship, if you're a competitive person, you're like, now I could be great single too. Like it's just the next echelon or whatever, but you can do that backwards. Okay. You could be like, oh, I'm great single. Now I'm going to be in a relationship, which makes more sense. I, I, I don't like reading into these things. And when they're like, you know, you're like, I was reading how like, you know, I was supposed to be sterile. Like I don't like reading into this too much. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. Astrology can get weird. Yeah, it can get weird. Very specific to like, you have this kind of hair and this sort of belly and you're just like, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. doing too much. Mm. Stop stars. Especially when it's it's accurate. That's even more creepy. I don't like that. Yes, it freaks me the fuck yeah, out. It's weird. So this next one is the Capricorns. Do you think there will ever come a day where we actually say his name? No, I don't think you should. Okay. He's it's just continuing continue the Capricorn. Yeah, I should have not told them my husband's name. It should have been the Pisces. It's way more interesting. Let's call them the Pisces now. The Pisces and the Capricorn. Go ahead. But everybody already knows who Colin is. So you're Virgo number one and Virgo number two. I'm number one. Is it because I'm older? Yeah. God. <laughs> so. I didn't even notice that I said it. So. I kind of want to be number one. Fine. You can be number one. Okay. I was always player number two growing up as a kid anyway. <laughs> so if you have your Taurus North Node, then you have a Scorpio South Node. And you are here to work. Sorry. In your past life, you were such a powerful and privileged person, probably born into wealth. Maybe you were a fancy advisor to royalty, a political leader, but you were always kind of working behind the scenes. And now it's your time to step into a position of public power, roll up your sleeves, and learn to be the provider, the earner, and the doer. This specific nodal access line emphasizes financial resources. So if your north node is in Taurus, then earning a living and being self-reliant, so make that money, is going to be the core of your soul growth. I really like this one, by the way. So if you want to share these resources, whether through marriage, inheritance, or investments, this is going to sound weird, but your truest sense when it comes to fulfillment is all about the experience of building wealth for yourself. You fear change, and this fear comes from being forced into change before you're ready for it. Sometimes this change has less to do with identifying certain patterns that you want to break and more about escapism. You're always afraid of being misunderstood. And this is because you're worried 
people won't trust you. You also have a really hard time forgiving yourself for survival strategies that made sense at the time, but they no longer do. You struggle to accept that your survival can actually hurt people and that you cling onto that guilt. With a Taurus North Node, you fear that you're not worthy of love, affection, or even the existence without having to earn it. Very similar to you, right? You prefer to downplay your beauty. You'd rather appear unworthy because you're afraid of worthiness. Because if people see you as being beautiful, worthy, or lovable, they might envy you and want to knock you down. But this is not really true because you are usually capable of surrounding yourself with people who will support you in your highs and lows. So you need to really stop thinking that everyone's going to abandon you. And also, it's not true that you only deserve attention during a crisis. You're not a project for someone to fix. The healing process, so ready? Healing and growth. That begins once you accept that you actually have value, which no one can take away from you. So accept that disappointment is just a fucking part of life. You're not a bad person pretending to be a good person, so just drop it. You need to do things that make you feel beautiful, loved, and worthy, even during moments where you feel like it's undeserving. You're not a fan of staying in one place, and you're usually afraid that if you stay in one place, that people will finally see you for who you really are, and you're so afraid of accepting yourself that your fear bleeds over with others as well. And growth happens for you when you stay in one place and allow the truth to show itself. You need to accept that you cannot earn self-love with good actions, and that good and bad do not exist in some binary. So you can neither earn love by being good or by being a bad person who good people save. You actually need to understand that you're just a person and that you are loved and valued and accepted for being, not acting. Hmm. This is super relatable. Yeah. Tell me about it. So you're obviously someone that finds self-love through really tangible things in life. Like, so you need to build, create, all the different stuff. But I think you need to surround yourself with people who will support and appreciate your sort of earthy and gregarious nature that's going to be very important for you, or you're just going to feel really misunderstood. I think that you have to constantly remind yourself of your mission every single day because that's practice makes perfect. And they were saying, and I was reading is like, you're the spiritual gardener, which I thought was because you're really connected to the earth and you're the builder or whatever. And you know, you want to be financially independent without alienating people around you basically. So like I said, finding people in your life to surround yourself with who are going to support you and appreciate your gregarious and earthy nature is going to be key. So people that buy you plants, people (laughs) that want to get you gift cards to um, buy furniture for your place, you're going to be very, yeah, like you need new furniture. You need new furniture. You you can't just live in other people's furniture. Oh my God. Get your own furniture. (laughs) Cool. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. So now that we're done with the personal shit, so... If you have a Gemini North node, then you have a Sagittarius South node. So you've kind of seen the world and you have tons of friends and lovers. Basically, you've got a girl in every port, right? Mm. Like that's a very Navy thing to say. So now you get to kind of have fun and learn how to stay in one place. So Gemini is a sign of communication. And if that's your North node, then this is a really big theme for you, whether it's through writing, speaking, marketing, reporting, teaching, or conversation. Basically, you're here to share ideas and knowledge with other people, and your life is about spreading that knowledge and know-how to your community. Your Sagittarius South Node really feels like you need to fix other people, and you play the role of a therapist, pretending that you have everything all together, trying to teach everyone how to do something that should be obvious because there's... I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. There is so much fucking emotional labor in that. (laughs) 
Well, they're the master communicator, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Trying to teach yeah. people things that should be obvious. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. We master. do it every day. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's hard. There's also this kind of like deep rage against yourself that things aren't moving fast enough or that you beat yourself up for choosing the wrong kind of person to be around. And you often hurt yourself because you feel like you need to be right. And sometimes you choose people around you who can't be wrong because you identify with this moral superiority. Typical. Typical. So you're likely naive. You're so principled that you always believe your politics, regardless of strategy. You think that your truth will somehow flood social systems and relationships because you're a visionary. It's beautiful. We get it. Visionaries are gorgeous. Never lose this. Your Gemini North Node, though, is most afraid of not being believed. And it actually is well-founded because, after all, we don't live in a world that believers survive right? So it's usually a world that tries to make survivors invisible. So you anticipate argument over everything that you hold sacred, thinking people will not be able to hear what you have to say and therefore not capable of accepting you as a whole person. You just kind of expect disagreements. This is so Sagittarius. You're always on the ready. You're always afraid to raise your hopes and you're usually quite cynical. For you to heal and grow, you need to kind of let go of this idea that your self-worth comes from those that who share their pain and struggles with you. And like your defensiveness seems to show up when you anticipate harm. So you will grow through community, not institutions. People are often scarier for you to connect with because that means you have more to lose. But this is actually where change becomes possible. You'll also kind of need to work on healing the stigma that you have of your own anger. You might see yourself as an angry person and become used to identifying who you are with that emotion, but you're not an angry person. You're honest and just a little guarded about disappointment. So you kind of work from this beautiful place of hope. So you often feel vulnerable and your SAG South node is powerful. You're visionary. You're capable of transforming dialogue through change. How do we feel? So I was like looking this one up when you were talking and obviously master communicator, I think that you need to listen to people around you, even if you feel like you probably know best because you are kind of a know-it-all, but you need to surround yourself with people who are going to support your kind of inquisitive, curious, versatile nature and allow them to absorb your kind of abundant personality, if that makes any sense. So curious people, inquisitive people, people that like, we talked about this uh, before with with the other air, I can't remember the air. I think it was Aquarius, just finding people that are kind of open to your mind and your thoughts. And if you're wacky and that sort of thing, and you know, you just have to stay connected to the present and explore your potential, probably in writing as well. That's probably something, but yeah, just surround yourself with people that kind of appreciate you for that kind of whimsicalness that you are. Yes, we love that though. Mm-hmm. All right. So Cancer, North Node, Capricorn, South Node. You have literally spent lifetimes as like captain of the industry, as a patriarch. You're conquering the world, accumulating wealth, and now you get to learn that there's more to life than just work and money. If you have your North Node in Cancer, then you've been kind of going through your nodal access return recently. I say recently, it was like 2018 to 2020 to be precise, which means that you may have faded destined encounters and events. So basically, Cancer North Node feels like an internal tug of war between your family and your career. And you're here to experience nesting, creating a home base for your loved ones. So your time here is all about a life with family. I think it's really cute. Mm -hmm. 
You were taught that it's really dangerous to show your emotions and that you have to earn emotional expression, that it's unsafe to do so until you're in a position of complete strength because you think that no one will listen to your emotions until you've earned their respect. Perhaps, I don't know, maybe sometimes you may feel that you have to perform an emotional release without actually embodying emotional vulnerability. I feel like you're going to hang on to that. So what really defines you though is guilt. For some reason, you feel guilty over just existing, like who you are versus who you're not. And a lot about the bonds that you have with family, you feel like you owe someone something and that you don't actually take a look at that guilt that you carry. Your actions, they can actually be guided by that fear. The reason guilt is the emotion that creeps up is that guilt is often an emotion that's been used to manipulate you. So your cancer north node makes you a big baby. (laughs) I'm sorry, I said it. You're sensitive, creative, playful. You're known for throwing the best tantrum, temper tantrums and crying like all the time. And you do it on purpose because you want desperately to be babied, to be taken care of. And you don't give a shit who's judging you. I mean, like live your truth, right? So <laughs> healing and growth starts happening when you start to ask for what you need out loud. So instead of throwing the temper tantrum, you just ask for it, right? Without anticipating the reaction of others. So you're likely cutting into these years of paranoia and gardenness. And remember, you you can't manipulate someone into loving you through guilt. And whether someone does or not is completely up to them. So you need to own your vulnerability as something you are in charge and in control of. You've been externalizing this yearning for acceptance into like another person or maybe a group. And you idealize people who seem accessible emotionally. And you kind of just expect them to save you from this loneliness, right? Loneliness is not about who is around you, but whether you believe you are loved. And remember, you are lovable and you don't need to guilt other people into that relationship. Your self-worth is not produced through leveraging of guilt for or against you. Uh, This is, they called this the earth mother and they said they need to like nurture themselves. Uh, They're very, they have to be more connected to their emotions. Like they shouldn't repress them and they have to identify with like their child part of themselves. So we talk about your inner child, not the adult, the baby. So you've just surround yourself with people probably that make you feel safe because you have to let go of this need for kind of control and achievement. You, you still have like the earth beneath your feet, right? The Capricorn. So you Mm -hmm. have to connect with that. But does people that make you feel really safe and grounded and secure, I think are the the way to go for this one. Maybe people that are older than you, a little like, yeah, that might be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe try not to like guilt manipulate people because that's not going to work. Total just, it's such a cancer and Capricorn thing. Like they both are guilt driven signs are the two worst at that besides Taurus. Taurus not very good at it either. (laughs) So, but Capricorn holds on to guilt more than anybody in the universe uh, within themselves usually. And then they mm-hmm. also hold it against you. And then cancer will use it as a manipulation tactic. So it's it's not, uh, it, it, it's always hard when these two are together. Remember the Senate and Descendant? Yes. It's a tough one. It's so tough. All right. So if you have a Leo North node, you have an Aquarian South node. So you are a powerful change maker. But in this lifetime, you're likely to get lost in the crowd. So we recommend channeling that Leo roar to kind of reach a wider audience. (laughs) I know it's cheesy. So you often feel alienated from others and it could be your family, your peers, maybe even past versions of your own identity. You expect loneliness and you've just accepted that life will always have some small amount of loneliness to it. You feel like you're living in this world without a language to describe you. This is so aqua. You feel like you have to give up on being accepted 
but you haven't even really tried. You're jaded. You find it hard to hope. And what you really need to learn is how to hope. You believe in this beautiful, pure love, but we know that it's hard for you to admit because that means that you would need to accept that your hope could bring you pain and find that it's safer to love a stranger than it is to love a friend because strangers can't disappoint you as long as you keep your distance. The hardest thing for a Leo North Node to accept is that you want to be loved and that wanting love does not make you any less impenetrable. After all, love is a super hard thing. It's a want, not a need. So you're not entitled to love from anyone, but you are entitled to want that love. Was that a lot of needs and wants Mm -hmm. back and forth? So for you to heal and grow, you need to learn that you should just be silly. Okay. You need to learn that there are versions of adulthood where growing up really is a trick and that being some stoic being is the isn't the only version available, except that you were a child once and you did things that you wanted that only children could want. Not everything is your fault and not everything is a lesson. Sometimes growing up has to do with unlearning the lessons. That was when I kind of sat on it. I was like, oh, well, that's <laughs> something to think about. Because, you know, we and I, we have these talks sometimes like, oh, what's this breakup teaching me? What's the lesson I had to learn today? Thanks, God. <laughs> So you have this kind of weird watcher on the wall complex, think like wallflower, where you kind of sit back on the sidelines and observe before deciding if you want to get involved or not. You you will watch like people that you're crushing on trying to gauge whether or not they'll hurt you even before you get involved. You're just afraid of getting things wrong. You feel this need to claim responsibility over others. And when the reality is, is that no one actually cares whether or not you get something wrong because it's really not that important. What's important is just trying it out. You will disagree with this. So you basically thrive when you start getting things wrong. You thrive when you meet your partner in the wrong way, when you say the wrong things, when you work the wrong way, when you find work the wrong way, and when you find your purpose the wrong way. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, okay. Um, well, you have to be really brave. That's kind of what I got out of that. Mm-hmm. Like you're really connected to your heart. So you're not someone that can ignore it. You have to kind of, you you want to depend solely on your mind. That's just not useful. So you have to just, you talked about the inner child, go back to that, explore your creativity. I think don't be afraid of love and surround yourself with people I think who love you, admire you and believe in you, which is just like a good thing always. But once again, it's kind of similar to what we talked about, even when the previous one, which is like, you need to be around people that are pretty like self-assured who can build you up basically. So not needy people, I would say. And I think that if you do that, then you're, it's like, you got to let go of your need for detachment. You have to allow yourself to kind of fill your heart, if that makes sense. That's so cheesy, but that's how I feel. And I'm sticking to it. So Leo, fire, heart, you know, it's all connected. Yes. Yes. Okay. Last one. God, this one's going to suck. It's your opposite. So it's a Virgo North node and a Pisces South node. So believing is seeing. And oftentimes your Pisces South node can go a little too far into the woo-woo deep end. I'm shocked. So try to embrace solving problems with facts and hard data. Practice accountability, leadership, take some personal responsibility. (laughs) You tend to lack boundaries You are a little bit of a perfectionist though, and it's important to know that you have really amazing healing abilities. Remember that your karmic debts are going to be paid through analyzing and criticism. I know. I know. I wish this was us. We'd be totally healed, right? 
So your perfectionism is used as a way to protect yourself through the anticipation of disappointment. You feel this need like you're not allowed to do things unless you can do it perfectly the first time. And you often feel like you shouldn't be allowed to have relationships unless you know how to create the perfect relationship before you even meet anyone. It's like, that's not practical, right? So you think that you shouldn't be able to work unless you know how to do the job. You shouldn't be allowed to speak unless you know exactly what you're talking about. You hold yourself to these incredibly high standards, which is invisible to anyone else who is looking in from the outside. And you're reluctant to share your standards with others because you're afraid of actually meeting your own expectations. You think perfection equals safety and no one can blame you for anything if they can't figure out what mistakes you made. Perfection doesn't exist though. It's actually about disassociation. And you have an easier time handling the people around you making mistakes than you do with making them on your own. But you certainly would love it if everyone was just perfect, because if they lack it, you actually perceive it as an emotional attack. But you have to allow people to fail and accept it without reinforcing the idea that you're not allowed to fail. We know that you're afraid of disappointing other people. Duh, not fulfilling their expectations and being caught making mistakes in real time. And yes, guess what? You actually thrive when you make mistakes. When you finally realize that not everyone is out to punish you for falling short of expectations, you know, the ones that nobody can see. You have a really intense fear around making mistakes, being the person who other people make room for and around being forgiven. You're always ready to forgive others, but you're never willing to accept forgiveness from others. That hurt. That that felt... You felt that? Felt that. Felt that. Yeah. So forgiveness was taught to you to look very patronizing, like an issue of inferiority and superiority. It's essentially what an adult does to a child, but it's not what an adult does to another adult. Felt that. I I hate when people apologize to me. I'm like, this makes me feel so fucking uncomfortable. Right? And being forgiven can feel humiliating for you because it reminds you of being put in a position of being forced to change yourself unwillingly. Yes. Is this mine? No, it's not. (laughs) But it's relatable, right? It's just your opposite. So you will grow when you actually finally experience some real tenderness. And when you experience self-forgiveness instead of self-critique, you grow when you realize that Not only is forgiveness possible, but it's actually a necessity. This acceptance of compassion is really only possible when you identify the difference between care and criticism. And you have some issues with martyrdom only because the capacity to do for more others and to erase the self can reinforce your perfectionist tendencies. You're here to show us how to fuck up and that life is literally just about as much learning, caring, understanding, making space and allowing forgiveness when that fuck up does happen. Being willing to try and screw up really does create possibilities that did not exist before. Learn how to show your work. Rejecting the idealized version of yourself, you've been using this as punishment tool to punish yourself, even when you're also using it to punish others. Hmm. Well, what did we learn today? Let's talk about Virgo North Node and then... Okay, so you are obviously a very practical person and a healer. I get that. I think you need to accept the reality of daily life. You need to kind of learn the way of the healer, help others heal their pain, but also you got to heal your own pain. So you got to surround yourself with people who will support and appreciate your kind of like organizational analytical side, I think, and all your abilities. And that's going to make you feel worthy. But it's like, you got to get into, you got to think more about the mundane sometimes and not the granular, if that makes sense, because you're way too focused on like day-to-day things being perfect. And most people aren't. And I think that that really messes you up and you kind of got to like, I don't know, like pursue life with a little bit more clarity. 
Which is my last point, which is that you're meant to serve others. So that's something that you need to kind of look inward about. But that just means that you also need to focus on your self-care because, you know, you can't be helpful for others if you can't focus on yourself. No. And sometimes you can get a little too self-obsessed or too, like when they speak about martyrdom, it means that you're giving to everyone else mm-hmm. and then erasing who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's unnecessary pressure. How do we feel about this episode? It was heavy. It was cool. It was very enlightening. I think there's a lot to relate to, even if these are like none of them are like only one of them are North notes, obviously, <laughs> but I could relate to a lot of them in different ways. And that's why I love astrology because it's just finding the things about us that you're like, Ooh, me too. Ooh, me too. Oh, you see me. Oh, that's helpful. Oh God. Like it's just, it's just enlightening and really important. And I think people don't look at their North and South note enough. And it's they cool to don't. learn about what maybe they went through when they were younger or in their past life. It, gave me chills doing specifically yours and mine Mm. because it felt so spot on, which is I think why we decided just in case anyone's curious to open our episode today by talking about things that we struggle with as children and then things that we currently struggle with, but how we're trying to overcome them. I definitely would also look at your Chiron. We have an episode on it because that's specifically regarding your scar and mostly what you went through as a child. So I would look at if you're trying to heal and get through some healing in general, like in some heartbreak, maybe looking at your North node, South node, as well as your Chiron could be really insightful, I think, because it just, and also honestly, probably looking at your moon sign always, so go listen. But yeah. anyways, I'm going to have you take this one away. Okay. I talked the whole time today. All good. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to like us on all of our socials. Go listen to us. <laughs> Follow our partners, Just Girl Project. You know where to find us. And please let us know if there's any episodes that you would like us to do in the future. On that note, we love you so much. And don't forget to stay, stay vicious. vicious. Bye.